Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Saturday, October the 28th, 2023. Today is the feast of St. Simon and Jude Apostles. Today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus went up the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. When day came, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who is called a zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. So for today's feast, we have a very simple reading here, very foundational reading. Jesus chooses his 12. I'm sure it wasn't exactly this simple. In the mind of God, everything is simple, at least compared to us. Uh, we could say it's more complicated, too, compared to us. God, It's both at the same time. God can do a whole lot in a nanosecond, and, and even less than that, he's outside of time. Yet, in the calling of the 12, I'm sure it took time. It took prayerful discernment. Jesus is living in his humanity. Yet the Father, through prayer, reveals these things to him, and he discerns it. Even though there's flaws, even though one of them will betray him, he's discerning it as he goes. He trusts the process that the Father has laid out for him. He's going to have many other disciples as well, but these are his 12 apostles. These are the foundations of the church, just as there were the foundations of Israel in the 12 tribes, the 12 sons of Jacob. So here we go. One thing that's crucial about this reading, I mean, we could say a lot about the apostles and who they are and where they went. In fact, let's say something about that real quick, because somebody just sent me something on this. Here we are. I have it right here. And instead of that coming up, there's Halloween pictures coming up. Okay, here we are. Simon was stabbed with a sword, and he is buried at the altar of the crucifixion in the Vatican, according to this list that I was given. Jude, St. Jude was filled with arrows, and he is buried at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. Well, that's just the one thing that I was sent. There's different things you can find out there about where the apostles went and what they did and how they died, etc. So that's just the thing that I was just sent. But one thing I want to talk about today is just it's a simple little matter, although once again, could be very complicated, and that is discernment. Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. One thing I preach about all the time, and I'll I'll give more and more sermons on this, um, is that Jesus came to pray. What does that mean? Why couldn't he just stay in heaven and pray? Jesus came to earth to pray as man. Okay, is that it? Is that his whole mission? In a sense, yes. Remember what I was just saying about how it's simple yet it's complicated? It's actually very simple. Jesus came to unite together God and humanity. How do we unite God and humanity? Our Lady of Fatima told us, pray. When you pray, you have a conversation with God, like you would talk to your friend. God is your friend. When you pray, you bring together heaven and earth. 
I was talking to an exorcist a while back who said places of prayer, even if they don't have the presence of the Blessed Sacrament in them, you know, like our churches do, which is makes them all the more holy, but just places of prayer are portals between heaven and earth, just as places of the occult are portals between earth and hell. So we want to avoid them and we want to try to, you know, when we find out about a place, a house, whatever, that's been cursed or whatever, you know, we want to bless it. We want to get blessed objects in there. We want to close off that portal. Definitely, if a person has been dabbling in the occult, we want to close that off through through a good confession. Another exorcist told me, and he tells everybody this, he wrote books about it, uh, deliverance prayers get rid of the devil, but only confession closes the door. Anyway, that's the negative side, which is important for us to remember as we go into Halloween weekend that there's all kinds of occult activity happening all around us, and a lot of people don't even realize that they're doing it, but it's it's not cute, it's not funny, it's very, very serious, and we wonder why the world is in the state that it's in. It's because there's more and more portals opening up to hell all over the place. But let's get back on the positive note. When we pray, we open up a portal to heaven. So places of prayer, even if there's just a statue on somebody's lawn, that opens up a portal to heaven. And these become holy places. Jesus came to do this to all of humanity in his human self. By becoming man, he came to earth to pray. The crucifixion, which is his ultimate mission to die and to rise, that's one great big prayer. And it's become, um, what's the word, memorialized? I, I hate using that word in English, you know, the, the barakah prayer. Make something present over and over and over again. It's more than just a memory kind of a thing. But his crucifixion is memorialized in the Mass. And I mean that in a big way. It makes it present. So we now have the perpetual memorial of his crucifixion, his death, his resurrection in the mass. But it's still that same one act, and that one act is a prayer. People go to mass and they think it's a show. They they think it's all these other things. They don't realize it is a prayer. It is the prayer par excellence. It is the prayer of Jesus to his Father. More than just him saying prayers, it is his sacrifice of his very self, his body and blood, his death and ultimately his resurrection. It all is offered to the Father on behalf of our sins so that we can be saved. It opens the ultimate portal between heaven and earth that cannot be closed, no matter how bad we screw it up. I mean, yeah, a mass could be said invalidly. I get that. We can screw up a lot of it, but the ultimate reality of the crucifixion cannot be shut down now. Jesus has done it. He has perpetuated it through the mass. And anyway, that's the ultimate prayer, but his whole life was one big prayer. So when Jesus goes off to pray, it's not like what people sometimes think. Oh, isn't it nice? He got a little downtime. Oh, isn't it nice? You know, if he's going in the desert, that's kind of boring. Maybe he should have taken a cruise. Well, okay. That's actually his mission that he's doing. Going out into the desert is his mission to pray. And the father informs him through prayer. He's been anointed with the spirit by through the hands of John the Baptist, but also at his incarnation in Mary's womb. He's filled with the spirit and there will be more and more. He's, he's in his humanity. God and humanity are growing closer and closer and closer. So in his prayer life, the Lord, the father tells him, Pick these men to be your apostles. Go heal that person. 
I want you to go to this town today. The father informs him. So for each of us, we need to remember that. It's essential. Jesus spending time in the desert, it's more important. You know, oh my goodness. I don't want to say any names on the podcast, but I just remember like there have been times when people discouraged me from praying because I had other opportunities. Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you try that? Oh, you can pray tomorrow. You don't have to pray today. Why can't this other thing be your prayer, quote unquote? And it's like, no, you don't get it. Prayer is my relationship with the Father and the Son and the Spirit and the angels and saints and Our Lady. Prayer is the thing that saves our souls. When we die, we will be glad for every single minute we spent in prayer. We will not be concerned about how many baseball games we watched. In fact, could that be, I mean, it could be a good thing, you know, spending time with your kids. It could be a bad thing. Oh, look at how much time I wasted. But that's not the important thing. The important thing is how much we prayed. What is my relationship with God like? That's all that's going to matter at the moment of death. What is my relationship to the Father? How well did I pray? Am I ready to be in his eternal embrace? Did I become more and more virtuous through my prayer life? So we, in our lives, we need to be discerning from moment to moment. What is God's will? What am I supposed to be doing at this moment? And that only happens through prayer, through hearing the Lord's voice. We need to listen to hear his voice and then we let him lead. And then it becomes an adventure. And it takes the pressure off of us thinking, I got to do all this. It's all about me. I got to fix everything. I think about, you know, when we wonder how Jesus lived exactly, you know, he lived as man. So he lived with all of our weaknesses, except that he never committed a sin. Yet because of his prayer, the father was constantly directing him. I think of somebody like Padre Pio, you know, he's like one of the ultimate examples of, uh, You know, a saint, he is a saint, he's a great saint, he's one of the ultimate miracle workers, and he prayed over some people, not over everybody. He healed, God healed people through him, but not everybody. So how do we discern that? You know, where did, was Padre Pio like, uh, was he God? No, he was not. He was a man of deep prayer. He was in tune with God. He was in communication with God. Therefore, he heard the Lord's voice within him saying, Go pray over that lady in the corner. Go pray over that tall man with the mustache. He's going to have to bend over a little bit, though. But, you know, pray over these people, and I will work my healing through them. And sometimes maybe there was a full physical healing. Sometimes it was something else. Sometimes it was just, you know what? You still have sins on your soul, even though you just went to confession. So God was doing that through him first. Sometimes it was levitation. Sometimes it was bilocation. Same thing with Jesus. The Father inspired him. So we need to become men and women of prayer more and more and more, and the Lord will show us. I've talked in the past about the treasure hunters. There's a great book called Treasure Hunters. It's about people that get together and they pray, and the Lord gives them words in prayer of what they're to do, and then they go out and they do it. They find people that they have been praying about, that God revealed to them a person with a broken arm. They go, they find the person with the broken arm with the red shirt on or whatever the father revealed. They pray with that guy. He's in the freezer section at Walmart. Turns out that guy's wife just left him and he's going to go kill himself today. The Lord revealed that to them. Now they pray with him and they invite him to church. (laughs) Maybe they invite him to therapy. I don't know. You know, they, they minister to these people 
uh, because the Lord has revealed it. So ladies and gentlemen, we have an adventure ahead of us, not just the one that's going to take us to heaven, but the, the, yeah, it's going to take us to heaven, but the one that's every day in this life, the Lord wants to work through us. He wants to do great things in us. And it only happens if we create that portal, open up our hearts, open up our homes, open up our lives to the grace of almighty God. Have a great day. God bless.